We are Chris and Beth Bruno, and this is the Walking With Podcast. We lead a team of brave and brilliant story work counselors and coaches around the country, all committed to helping you come alive. Join us as we explore the sacred landscape of the human heart at the intersection of theology, psychology, and ministry. This month, we're in a series on psychology terms that you may have heard about, but aren't exactly sure what they mean. Today, we're joined by one of our therapists, Lindsay Crevier, to talk about something on the schizophrenia spectrum that we don't often understand, delusional disorder. You can learn more about Lindsay over at restorationcounselingnoco.com forward slash Lindsay dash Crevier. And of course, anything else you need to know about us on the same site or visit our digital laboratory site at restorylabs.com, the space to come alive via courses, memberships, webinars, and more. Here's our conversation with Lindsay. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast, and we're just so thankful that you're with us at Restoration Counseling, and I'd love for you to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself and what draws you to do this sort of work. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to sit here with you guys today and talk about this. Um, for me, this work is just ingrained in me. It's just something I'm really passionate about. And for me, it's about bringing people out of the shadows and into the light. There's so much hurt um, in our society today, and everybody has different stories and a lot of stories of just trauma. And trauma can be anything. It's relative. Um, And what people in the shadows and what causes more hurt on top of whatever they're dealing with is this idea of I'm alone. Nobody's going to understand me. Or if I told somebody, what are they going to think of me? Or if I told somebody what's going to happen in my life, are they going to think I'm a bad parent? Are they not going to want to be friends with me? You know, and so people who are having these struggles, and let's face it, everybody has struggles, right? Tend to isolate and tend to be in the shadows. And something I'm really passionate about is bringing people out of the shadows and putting light to their story. And I love the idea of your guys' name of the podcast of Walking With bringing people out of the shadows and walking with them in their stories. Um, And so it's just something that I just, I love. And it's just, like I said, ingrained in me and just having my own people in my life walking with me um, and bringing me out of the shadows and some of my own stories. And so I just think like, it's just powerful. And it's something that I've seen through in my own life for, and that I want to bring other people into that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it fits well with what we're going to talk about today, I think, informs for sure this topic. And we're in a series on kind of these psychological terms made easy, kind of defined Mm -hmm. for the the normal layperson um, like myself. And yet we hear them. We hear these terms all all over the place. And so what we'd love to talk with you about today is um, something that you're passionate about. You have a lot of You've done a lot of research and a lot of study in this area around delusional disorder, um, and I'm probably not even saying that correctly. So I'd love to start there, and you share with us a little bit more about um, 
kind of what that is, what that looks like, why you are interested in it particularly, and, and then we'll, we'll take it from there. Yeah, great. Thank you. Yeah, so delusional disorder is one of these mental illnesses that doesn't really get a lot of attention. Um, you know, we have heard more these um, recent days about you know, depression and anxiety. A lot of people you know, are faced with those things. And we've been really working in the mental health community of taking the stigma off of those things. So we now hear a little bit more about depression and anxiety. But sometimes we don't hear about more of these disorders that are, are difficult that people do still struggle with, um, and again, that are in the shadows. And so delusional disorder is one of those. So delusional disorder is on the schizophrenia spectrum. It is not schizophrenia. It looks very different than schizophrenia does. And there are several different types of delusional disorder with the most prevalent type being called persecutory delusional disorder. And what that means is that that person who is suffering with that, one, it's a thought disorder. And so it is having fixed false beliefs despite evidence to the contrary. And so these are fixed false thoughts, even though that there is a plethora of evidence um, proving otherwise. And with persecutory delusional disorder, the thoughts or the beliefs are somebody's out to get me. Somebody is following me. Somebody has ill intentions towards me. And over time, these beliefs just get, like I said, fixed um, to where people become paranoid. People become um, depressed or anxious because they are imagining that somebody is out to get them. And it can really be debilitating, but also it often can go um, undiagnosed because of the type of disorder that it is. And when they say that is because one of the common issues with delusional disorder is it is classified by having non-bizarre delusions. And so all that really means is non-bizarre is that it's not is that it's plausible meaning these things could happen. Could somebody be following you? Could somebody be giving you a weird look and have ill intentions? Yeah, it's possible. But it goes beyond it of like, if you look at it in its context, is it likely that all these things are happening? And so because these things are plausible, it's hard to detect that something is off, something is wrong with somebody's thought process. And on the flip side, um, it's rare, but it does happen. There are um, bizarre delusions that can go with delusional disorder, meaning things that are not plausible. So aliens every night land on my house and we have a conversation. Probably not plausible. And so, <laughs> yeah. And so that is what kind of distinguishes um, persecutory delusional disorder from schizophrenia or from some of the other delusional disorder types. From what I understand, too, it's not just um, someone. Sometimes mm -hmm. the delusions can be attached to either specific people groups or specific family members or specific, mm -hmm. um, you know, whomever. It, it, can, it can be general. Someone is you know, following me or it can be specific. Yes, absolutely. And that's a great point is oftentimes it is specific. Um, and that is something that also sets apart delusional disorder from other disorders in the schizophrenia spectrum is because it is only in one domain of somebody's life and specific to it's at work, people at work are out to get me or my family's out to get me or a certain group, the person is usually pretty highly functional, meaning that they're not impaired in work or they're not impaired in their parenting 
Um, can be if it gets to a point to where they're so paranoid where it's affecting their relationships. But yes, usually it is um, in a specific domain and that's why it goes often very um, undetected. And again, if you're having these thoughts of being persecuted by other people and being paranoid, you're not going to reach out for help, right? Like you're just not going to do that because who can you go to? You can't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you did go to somebody and they start like, oh, questioning, is this, is this real? And they start questioning you. Well, now that person becomes part of the delusion too. Oh, I can't trust you. You're questioning me. And so it's very difficult to diagnose it's very difficult for family and friends to understand what's going on when it's happening. And it's one of the um, diagnoses that go underreported. The prevalence rate right now is 0.2% of the population, which doesn't sound like a lot, but that's about half a million people in the U.S. right now. And for me, wanting to bring people out of the shadows, that's half a million faces. Those Mm. are people who have faces and names people who love them, people who have dreams and aspirations. And the reality is the prevalence is probably a lot higher because it goes undetected because people are usually highly functioning. The delusions, like I said, are non-bizarre, meaning they are plausible. Mm -hmm. And so the reality is prevalence is actually probably a lot higher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to ask you that, like, is that, so that's the number that has actually been diagnosed. Yes. Um, I can just imagine how difficult this must be for a loved one to, mm-hmm. to be close enough to know something's up. Um, but as soon as you start questioning, then to feel like you're, you're now one of the persecutors and yeah. th- that lack of trust, you know, ensues. That feels like a, that just feels huge for, for people in relationship to be watching this happen to a loved one. Yeah, and it really is. And that's, that's the, um, the issue right now when we're looking at these disorders and treatment is one, usually the person doesn't go to seek treatment, right? Because these are fixed false beliefs. And so it's not their issue, it's everybody else's issue, right? Um, and then two, like for the loved ones who start questioning, they don't know, right? They don't know like what could be happening with their loved one. They just know like, this isn't reality. I have evidence. I can show you this evidence, but you're like, all of a sudden now you're attacking me. You think I'm persecuting you. And so it leaves loved ones in this place of feeling lost and confused. A lot of times they try to help their loved ones, you know, again, by bringing the evidence and trying to convince the person who has the delusional disorder that these things are true. And what we know in our community is that doesn't work. Um, it just it just doesn't work um, because these again are fixed false beliefs and so more focusing on if you are experiencing this with a loved one on their emotions like yeah that sounds really scary like I can understand how you would feel the need to isolate or I can understand if you felt that way going into a restaurant might be overwhelming for you and then also if you suspect that some of these stories your loved one might be telling you like I said are yeah they could happen but they're just not plausible Um, reaching out to somebody in the mental health um, community to get support for yourself as well, because it's very difficult being a loved one. And studies have shown too, since people with delusional disorder, like I said, often not do not seek treatment. One of the ways that their loved ones can help them inadvertently is by getting treatment for themselves, getting psychoeducation, getting Mm -hmm. social um, skills, training of how to interact with somebody who's having these delusions. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, is this something that, um, we would typically see an, an age range where this would 
be kind of come on an onset age range or are we seeing this in kind of, you know, middle age adults where this just appears? Mm -hmm. What's, what happens typically with diagnoses? Yeah, usually it starts in middle to late age. So like the mean age is 40 years old. Um, It is equal prevalence rate with men and women. However, women usually have a higher chance of remission um, because women often um, experience greater insight or more compliant with treatment when they do seek treatment. Women a lot of times have greater um, social networks and support to help with that versus men. Um, So yeah, the mean age is about 40 years old. And what we have seen, um, and these are not definitive things, but some of the commonalities of how does this happen to somebody? Usually there's a history of trauma, um, especially in childhood or having um, adverse childhood experiences, which like I said, trauma is relative. Um, So anything that negatively affects them Someone who maybe is hypersensitive, um, meaning that they have low self-esteem, they perceive other people as viewing them as bad or wrong, Um, somebody who needs to protect themselves, meaning that things in my world are not going well, and so a way for me to make sense of my world while still preserving my self-esteem and my sense of identity is by saying, it's them, not me, right? Um, And so these are some of the things, stressful events, like a work situation, being laid off of work, um, can all kind of set the stage for this. And then also biological um, indications as well. So a child who has a biological parent who has um, a diagnosis on the schizophrenia spectrum is six times more likely to develop a disorder on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a high correlation. So Lindsay, I'm sitting here listening to what we're talking about through the lens of, or through the ears of some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear what you have to say. So I'm a listener and I hear what you're saying about delusional disorder. And I also really feel like the black sheep in my family. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like I'm the one that's always misunderstood or on the outs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I'm starting to really feel like there's, there's something up with my family towards me or I uh, I'm living in a world where right now as a middle-aged 40 year old, I have a work environment that is really, really toxic. And I feel like everyone is cutthroat and they're all just like, they seem like they're all out to get me because I'm mm-hmm. a high performing salesperson. And so I, I, it feels, it feels like there's genuinely some animosity towards me from everybody at work. Right. So I'm listening to this and I'm like, how do I, as a listener then begin to parse out what is, what is more in the delusion and what would mm-hmm. be more like the possibility that I really don't have good relationships with my family or I really do live work in a toxic environment. Yes, absolutely. And that's a good point, right? Because the reality is like, not everybody has your best intent at heart, right? Not everybody has um, good intentions towards you. And so that is something where it's really important. Like we talked about the onset of our time together is bringing people out of the shadows, meaning for those, that listener who is thinking, yeah, but like these things are happening at work and, and that seems, you know, relevant and real to me. How do I suss out that? 
So bringing other people alongside of you, right? So bringing in somebody that you trust, somebody you feel safe with, and just asking them like, hey, this is how I'm experiencing this situation. This is how I'm viewing it. What do you think? And then hearing from that other person, seeing what they have to say, is what they say plausible? Do they make good points? Um, or are all of a sudden you suspicious of that person? Are you like, oh, I started this conversation with trust and safety with you, but now that you're questioning some of my experiences, not so much anymore. Um, and so just bringing and inviting people in. And then, of course, if you feel like, man, it does seem like I've been viewing other people negatively. It does seem like my paranoia is increasing, uh, where I'm just suspicious at this point, where I constantly feel like, hmm something else is going sinister going on here. I would encourage, you know, bringing in even a healthcare professional or a clergy member to, again, just bring out of the shadows of like, this is what I'm experiencing. And maybe what you're experiencing is correct. Like maybe you bring that friend in and they say like, yeah, that work environment is toxic. You are right. Um, And that can help kind of distinguish for you um, truth versus distortion and reality. So what would you say? I know we don't, this podcast is not the place to fully di- you know, digest all the things with this disorder, but what would you mm-hmm. say are some of uh, the best ways for a lay person to engage someone that they may, they may see like there's something going on with them? What, what, would, what advice yeah. would you give that person? Yeah, my first advice would be to understand, to sit and try to understand that person, not to try to refute Um, that's the worst and most damaging thing to do. I mean, can you imagine somebody coming to you who is scared, who feels like everybody is out to get them, who feels that, man, my mom, I don't trust her anymore. My brother, my sister, my friend, you know, everything is crumbling against me. And then they finally do try to have somebody come along with them. And that person starts questioning them and starts ripping apart their story. Like (laughs) that's so damaging. Um, And so just to sit and listen to understand and not listen to refute or to question. And then again, to focus on emotions of, man, that sounds really scary. Or that sounds really difficult. That sounds really isolating. Um, And try to connect with the emotional side versus the facts of the situation uh, or the reality of the situation. And then maybe explain your experiences too. If you're, you know, a lay person is sitting with somebody and feels like "Mm, something maybe isn't right here to maybe tell that person, oh, I I hear that that's how you're viewing it. And this is how I view it. Like, could it be? And always being questioning, right? Because the reality is for somebody who's experiencing delusional disorder is it's very real to them. Like it is very real to them. Like somebody for them, somebody is following them. For them, somebody is out to be malicious to them. And so to put yourself in that person's shoes and just imagine like how scary that would be. Um, yeah. And then to get them help. If you feel like as a lay person, this person needs help to reach out for your own well-being and help with how to help that person. And then to get and bring that person out of the shadows by bringing other people around to support them. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, thank you for that. I mean, this is, I feel like, applicable to any mental illness, right? Like, let's mm-hmm. just, let's bring people out of the shadows. Let's, let's not assume that that's not what we're looking at, that there are far more people who are suffering in different ways than, than we might realize. So great yes. advice and suggestions there. As we wrap up, I'm totally shifting the tone and mm-hmm. um, asking for some, some humor here. 
in the last eight months that we've been doing life on Zoom, what's the craziest yes. situation that you've experienced while on a Zoom call? Oh, goodness. There's so many. <laughs> um, one, I was in the middle of a session and I had a spider dangle down in the middle of the screen and literally start swinging back and forth on my end. And I was just like, oh, I don't know what to do about this. Um, and so that was interesting. I was like, okay. And then I had a client that when we were in session, um, they had same thing. They had like a bug go across their screen and they completely freaked out and took the computer and threw it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And so there's just been lots of fun, interesting things that you can't predict with doing sessions on Zoom. Seriously. Well, we've heard a lot of, you know, animal type of stories, but not bugs. So yeah. that's a new one. Yeah. There's always right? a new one. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.